listen to the AZ Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Mike Luke, joined by Ben One White. Ben, his middle name is One for the people out there that don't know. William Brad Alice will be joining us shortly. We will talk about Ephesians Price Lock because that was a turd move. But Bigger Fish, Arizona basketball finally plays a complete game. We've been saying this all year, Ben. This is a team that is very, very good when uh, they play with uh, when they play with effort, when they play with impact, and across the board. This is the game for a variety of reasons that Arizona needed, Ben. Team's very good when Caleb Love goes out there and scores a career high thirty six points as well. Um, you know, coming to this game, we obviously saw how Oregon State went. We know the struggles that have been taking place over the last four weeks, and I, I get that it's late January, but really, this was a must win game for Arizona. And they came out, they led for thirty nine minutes. There wasn't really much of doubt there, especially late in the second half. And um, you saw some guys step up that have, have struggled, right? I mean, from a scoring standpoint. Love carried the weight, but I think you saw some good things outside of just the shooting. I think you saw some guys locked in on the defensive end. You haven't seen that in a few weeks. I think you saw the offense look a little bit more fluid out there, and uh, Arizona came out. They did exactly what they needed to do. I thought this was a game where going into it, just given that Dante's back and and given the way that this program has played the last couple of weeks, they were either going to win by double digits or uh, lose by double digits. So uh, nice to see them come out with the win. Much needed. All right, Adam Parker, real quick. I'm not opposed to apologizing. There's many things I need to apologize for. I don't know what I should apologize for, but uh, you tell me and I will. Uh, we will uh, We will talk about it. William Brad Alice, Arizona. Oregon's a good team. Arizona was clearly in control of this game throughout. Um, this was a big win for Arizona. Quite frankly, it was. I know that Oregon isn't, uh, you know, Oregon's not UConn. I get all that, but it's still a good team. And Arizona clearly, uh, Arizona was in control of this game throughout. We needed the this Brad Allen. Yeah, you know, and the, and the scary thing is, uh, had Arizona not had that seven-point uh, swing at the end of the first half with the iffy technical and the, let's face it, lucky shot, um, and if they had taken a little bit better care of the ball midway in the second, this is might be a 25-30 point win. I mean, right. it they were a little careless with the ball in the middle, um, but really what this came down to is this was one of Arizona's. I know they end up scoring, what, 78, but this was a great defensive effort. They did not give them many open looks from three. Um, they were able to use uh, defense to trigger transition offense. Uh, and they forced Oregon into really uncharacteristic turnovers where they averaged 10 coming in this game. I didn't see what the final number was, but they 14. were over 10 at the half. Um, yeah. So Arizona from a defensive standpoint, I think it's an A, A plus effort. Um, I would say this, Tommy Lloyd did a great job navigating some foul trouble. Um, and, and I was, you know, I, I think as, as Ben said, guys were dialed in and I think, you know, offensively it kind of at times was a one man show. Um, I, I, I actually think maybe Caleb Love turns the ball over on purpose, uh, trying to pass the ball. So no one will get mad at him for shooting. Um, but he showed why he is, you know, the offensive stud on this team, um, Millie Doggy Brown here's a big fan of his, and she's gonna, you know, get in the screenshot here. And uh, yeah, big win for Arizona. And again, it continues the uh, Tommy Lloyd trajectory of you can get him once, we can't get him twice in a row. All right, now, uh, people asking me about the car, I've not purchased a car yet. I'm hopefully, hopefully, I will purchase this on Sunday or uh, Monday at the latest. Real quick, if you're going to a car dealership. Dress down like I did, even less, and they will leave you alone. That is what happened. All right, now, let's talk Caleb Love. Um, Caleb Love, uh, listen, 
I love Caleb Love. I'm here for the entire experience. Good, bad, everything, because he's just somebody that looks like he wants the ball out there. Ben, he was fantastic. He uh, was making threes. He was getting to the hoop. That was a fantastic game. Thank you, Caleb Love. Thank you very much. I think the one good thing, and I hated everything else the guy said on the broadcast, but I think the one good thing Jacobson nice said term, was... By the way. Yes. The one good thing I think Casey Jacobs had said on the broadcast was when you've got a guy like that dialed in scoring 36 and playing the way he is. I mean, it's hard to argue that there's a better player in college basketball when you play like that. Um, he was fantastic. And I thought, too, the thing with him and in and, and the, the the M.O. he has had over the years as well. He, he just takes a lot of shots. He's not the most efficient player. He had a really efficient game. I mean, 12 of 18, only 18 shots. And yeah. I thought he had some tough looks and he was making them left and right. And not only that, I thought he you know did a good job of getting some of the other guards involved at times where maybe they were locked in on him defensively. But again, I mean, you talk about that killer instinct. You talk about that that crazy shot from three that no other player on the team is going to have the green light to take and you know he's just a guy when it's when it's going it, it's hard to stop him and from a defensive standpoint I don't know what you do if you're Oregon you know when the guy's hitting the shots that he did today we have Brad when he gets going I mean again if it, when he get uh, everybody talks about consistency like listen if he was that he would be a lottery pick I get that he's not uh, he's not that but man when he gets going he's something to behold yeah, and I'll say this. I think for the most part this season, the Caleb Love experience has been a positive one. Yes, he's had a few games here and there. It actually seems like his worst game shooting, uh, for the most part, he kind of reels himself back in uh, and trusts the the process if you want to be, uh, uh, I think, what is that, the last coach's little slogan? But um, when he's good, he's very good. And he is a guy who you know, is one of these, he, he may never be a star in the NBA, but he's going to be one of these really good four-year players. Uh, you know, we'll see how far Arizona goes. He, this guy could have a very interesting legacy. And and I think he, he finds a place maybe in the league as, as, a, as a world player off the bench. But um, he could be, again, if Arizona makes a deep run in the tournament, it could be very fun to see what his legacy is at two different schools. And Kashad Johnson as well. Tony Olivero, the great Tony Olivero. Very good point. I was thinking about this throughout. Casey Jacobson stole a few terms. The Swedish Army knife. I'm on to that one as well. Not letting the uh, shots affect him uh, several times on the broadcast. When Casey Jacobson isn't talking about himself, he is talking about things that he has probably lifted from the PHNX Wildcats podcast. But I will Do say Do we think Mulebox texting him? Yeah, I they were know. both Pac-12 network guys. You're right? way too cool to hang out with Casey Jacobson. I'm going to say that. But, yeah, but he still may be texting him and then razzing him a little bit. Here's my uh, here's my question though, Casey Jacobson. He's worthless, but let me ask you this: Do you think he goes to Circle K? I don't know if he's cool enough to go to Circle K. He seems like he goes to one of those uh, like Diamond R's, those knockoff ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's no good. I mean. The other two guys from that AAU team, Capono and Ricky Anderson, they definitely go to Circle K. But I think oh. Jacobson goes to the Diamond K. Yeah, yeah. All right. But anyway. Quadrilateral R. He's also probably not part of the inner circle because he's not cool enough. Join the inner circle for free by downloading the Circle K app. Terms and conditions apply at participating locations. Visit CircleK.com for details and Empire Flooring really quickly. Uh, Empire Flooring. 
um, like, let's see here. My parents have got empire flooring. I've told you that, uh, if you blame them for spawning me, then, well, I don't know what else to really tell you, but check it out. Schedule an in-home estimate today. All listeners can receive a $350 off discount when they use promo code PHNX restrictions apply. See empire today.com slash PHNX for details. Don't worry. We are going to get to Ephesians price sock. A lot of people are uh, tech tweeting at me about this. Um, all right. Kylan Boswell. We got to talk Kylan Boswell. I've been saying it from day one, and I still don't know what I need to apologize for. Again, I am not opposed to the apologies, but um, I, I need to know what I'm apologizing for. Singing, Fair. bad nicknames. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Existing. Fair. I'll agree. All of those, but I don't know. But I think I've apologized for those. Either way, um, Kylan Boswell, this team, when Kylan Boswell is playing well, they're just a different team. They've got to be able to get this performance out of Kylan Boswell. Again, I don't need, I'm going to keep saying it again, fellas. I don't need all American. I don't need Mike Bibby reincarnated. All I need is a dude that's going to give me 13 and five. And there's no reason that he can't give me 13 and five, Ben one white. Yeah, you need a guy who's going to keep defenses honest and and shoot well enough, right? And I think with him, the struggle is obviously offense and, and shooting, no doubt. But the thing we've talked about all year with him is when he has those issues, it just affects the rest of his play on the defensive end. From a passing perspective, it really throws him off mentally and there's other stuff going on. We've talked about it here and there, but I thought today, I mean, you saw that in the majority there in the second half where he was able to get some cleaner looks and he wasn't just relying on his jump shot. He was able to navigate the floor. I thought a little bit better than he has really in, in three or four weeks here. And when, when he is at that moment where he understands, Hey, I, I don't need to go out there and, and shoot 50% from three or score 20 plus points. I just need to be effective enough and be aggressive. That really is is his game. And I think you look at him last year, obviously very young and, and, and being thrown in there later in the season when we had some challenges with Creesa. You know, the one thing regarding the way he played back then was just being aggressive, putting his head down and, and being that dog. And I thought Arizona did a good job today. I thought really him and, and all the guards did a good job of, of being aggressive and putting their head down. And obviously Oregon had the size advantage closer to the rim, but Arizona was able to get to the free throw line an awful lot today, Mike, and, and their guards were a big reason because of that. Yeah, Brad, again, when you put stress on the defense, the best Arizona teams have always had good point guard play. And again, I'm not breaking any news here, but you got to be able to have, uh, um, you got to be able to have, uh, let's be honest here, good point guard play. This was solid point guard play. And the other thing with Caleb, or uh, Caleb Love, Kylan Boswell, as we know, he's capable. If this, if this was Daniel Dillon playing point, I would tell you, you know what? He's not capable. He stinks. But this was better. This was better. I like it more. I still like to see him be more aggressive, but this was a step in the right, the right direction. You know, if you got to look at it, you know, everyone wonders why Arizona hasn't gone to a Final Four in 20-something years, why Arizona hasn't gone to an Elite Eight in almost 10. It's point guard play. Since T.J. McConnell, Arizona has really lacked great point guards. And I'm not going to put Boswell in the great category, but what they need from Boswell is they need him to be a guy who, depending on how he plays, he can adjust his game. If the scoring's not there, he can't let it affect his defense. Right. Um, yeah. If he's getting torched, he can't let it affect his offense. Right. Um, if guys aren't finishing, he can't, uh, but again, let that affect good him. enough. That's the he thing. Is, yeah. Good enough. So some days, yes, I don't need 13 and five from him. I need eight points average 
And I can't have games where he goes scoreless and doesn't get an assist or gets one assist. Um, I need him to adapt his, I need him to be, uh, where's he from? Champaign, Illinois. I mean, I need him to be the Illinois uh, army knife. I need him to be, you (laughs) know, army knife. I need him to be, because, you know, that's the one, I think, good thing you could say about Pella. If Pella's offense isn't going well, he plays, he can still play defense or rebound or set screens or that's Boswell needs to be that guy. Boswell needs to have a short-term memory when it comes to offensive struggles. Uh, Cause tonight he was okay on offense. I didn't see his final numbers. Maybe he, he got a few late ones. He but was decent. That's he was he very, but I thought he was very good on defense. Right. And yeah. I think really across the board, Arizona was pretty darn good on defense. And you know, the other guy we've been super critical about is, um, Balo and I thought Balo did a pretty good job overall. And what'd you um, think of the Balo post move? I I was more impressed with the fact that Dante didn't have thirty. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I think he and Crevis did. They made him work for his bucket. Sure, he got some, um, but he didn't dominate this game. And really, I, what I like what Tommy did with Balo is he said Balo, Mo, or whoever else, you're gonna have to guard this guy mostly alone, because and then they did that good enough that they didn't give up a lot of those easy looks. And this wasn't one of those games where, you know, we've seen Oregon do what Oregon State did the other night and what, unfortunately, you know, Stanford did a few months ago or weeks ago. Um, and that was, I think, the key thing to this game. It was just a really good defensive effort. Um, and, it, you know, I don't know. You could say it started in the middle out or maybe it started in the outside in. But either way, Arizona was just really good on defense. All right. Now, the questions are being asked about the ASU game. We're going to get to that. Uh, anybody, if they have the score, let me know. But first, Gila River Resorts and Casinos. Okay. Um, I've driven by it before. I've not been there. But I can tell you what. Also, some pretty cool stuff going on. Just judging by the people that hang out there, Frank Caliendo has told me that he's been there before. If it's good enough for Frank Caliendo, it should be good enough for any of us. You do you at Gila River Resorts and Casinos. Visit play at Gila.com for more details. And John Hippensteel, great name, by the way. We will get to that point. That's a very, very good point. Um, But first, game time. One other thing. Say you're like William Brad Allison, and you like terrible music or you like rooting for good football. Either way. And you say to yourself, man, I can't get into anything. Um, Game time is here for people like William Brad Alice. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PHNX for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again. Create an account and redeem code PHNX for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. We like seeing that uh, uh, Beavers score. Good job, guys. All right, John Hippensteel. Um, awesome. I hope I'm saying that right because that is a fantastic name. I actually my uh I had a my grandfather had a friend uh and his name was uh Hip and Feel. I kid you not. Very uh and uh I think his name was like Bill or something, but either way, great name. Um, I love the all guard lineup. The great John makes a great point. That is a great point. I love the all guard lineup. Um, when they go with the key or when they go a key shot and you get the four out there again. I know you can't always do it, but man, it's fun when they get that. Well, I think offensively it gives them an entirely different dynamic, right? And I think, you know, when when they get going with that, I think Arizona obviously plays at one of the faster tempos in, in all of the country and, and you know, goes without surprise, right? You score 89 points a game. And when you have players like that who, 
can do a number of different things and really speed up the tempo. Yeah, it's it's huge. And I thought Johnson is a guy, um, what, three for five today, 12 points. And while he has had, you know, moments in games where he hits some threes that really surprise you, I don't think you want him shooting a whole lot of those. And he's had some good performances, especially in that first half of the season. But he's another guy that has struggled the last three or four weeks, too, because, you know, he's somebody who I thought offensively from a guard standpoint they weren't getting as involved as much and um he is somebody who when when he's hitting as well it's no secret love love and johnson are the key to this team and i think boswell is important as well just from a scoring perspective to brad's point earlier it's it's not as important per se because i don't think you need him to go off and score 15 to 20 points but again you've got a number of different guards who can do different things pella is another great example i thought you know, he's been the most consistent, not only today, but just out of all the struggles the last couple of weeks, just because he brings those other areas to his game. Now, granted, I'm not sure about today where he's trying to get in front of Dante there early in the second half and and draw a charge that didn't really work out well for him. But outside of that, yeah, there's a number of different things these guards can do. And when you get them all out on the court at once, they rise to the occasion. You know, never forget, though, Arizona, even though when they go all guard lineup, they still have a little bit of size. I mean, you know, what Pella's what in the six five range? Yeah. Uh, Caleb Love and uh, uh, Lewis are what six four, six five. Lewis right. is a big, strong kid, especially for his age. So it's not like they're going with a bunch of six three and under guys. And they're not huge, but it gives them some flexibility because we have seen Larson play the four before. It's we like have going seen- with a bunch of, and again, he's not that kind of an athlete, but it's like going with a lot of Hassan Adams. Like if you're six foot four, you can play a lot bigger. Pella can play bigger than that. KJ Lewis can play bigger than that. You're not going with a bunch of six, one, six, two guys. When you're six, five, six, six, it's different. And they're strong. You know, Pella Larson's what? 22 years old. He's a grown man. He's been in the weight program. Three. Uh, you know, uh, Lewis is uh, uh, physically mature for his age. He's not quite where Hassan was at that age, but you know, Hassan was able to play power forward because a he was springy as all can be, but he's a big, strong kid too. I mean, Hassan was not necessarily built like a two guard. That's one reason he was always a confusing player. Um, but yeah, but that versatility and it's it's ironic that we came into the year thinking Arizona was going to have the you know four seven footers and they've got two. Um, you know, I still think. Long term, we may need to see more of the uh, the the two kind of combo. Are you calling for more Philly B? Is that where you're trying to get to? <laughs> I'm not sure. You are, though. You are. Yeah, yeah. And I'll tell you why. Because although they were great today defensively, I think at some point you may have to go zone, and you and it, I wouldn't mind having two six eight long guys out in that zone. Um, you're going to give up something offensively and athletically, but he so you and want Maruski, Philly B out there, Brad Alice. You're calling for more Philly B and, and Polly M as well. Yeah. Not right. sure. It's not sure. It's not a move on those games where Boswell and and uh, Balo are struggling. Yeah, I think I think yeah. that. And again, you can't incorporate that overnight um, in the Willamette Valley or wherever uh, you know. <laughs> Bill Walton told me they were at, but that is something I would think about scheming: is going zone and putting those guys out there at those two low uh, forward spots with two combo forwards, maybe with Kashad uh, patrolling the middle. All right, Noah, love was amazing today. Mike, we cannot forget that Shear didn't like adding him. It is your job, everybody, to keep out there telling Shear that he was a total buffoon for this. He did not want to add uh, uh, Caleb Love. He also didn't believe that K.J. Lewis uh, was a uh, four-star prospect. He was wrong. These are L's. Make sure that he does not forget about them. Um, Okay, now, getting back to the... (laughs) Getting back to this team again, here's my question. And it's going to keep driving me up a wall. Oh, David Blattman in here. The great David Blattman. Uh, question. 
Why can't we play like this every single game? And again, it's not a one-off. And again, this is just what drives me up a wall about this team is we know how good they are. It's already been established. Why in the world do we have the Oregon State, the Stanford, the Washington State games? I can have one of those. I can't have three of them. Ben One White, you're smarter than me. Explain. I don't know. And I don't think Lloyd knows the answer to it, too. Um, But today is some good progress. And obviously, everything we've broken down. But coming out of the gates early, you know, when you lose to Oregon State the way you did, when you lose to Stanford and you play the way you have over the last month, given just the the makeup of these players and, and given the expectations and where they are, don't you just want to see them come out pissed out of their mind? And yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to say they were livid coming out today, but they looked like they had a chip on their shoulder. You know, I know Lloyd is a little bit more passive and he's not really the Sean Miller type. Who's going to be screaming in your face every other play, but there's got to be some emotion here. And I think you saw that early on. Um, but I mean, on the nitty gritty side, we know why they, with why they haven't been able to play that why, way it's, it's the perimeter defense. It's the guards when they're not hitting their shots, just checking out completely in every other aspect of the game. And when that happens, I'm sorry, if you're not going to try on both ends, other teams are going to be able to find ways to get hot, especially and shoot from the perimeter, because I know the PAC 12 is not a great league by any means, but when you've got the makeup and the players and, and the guard play there, and if you're going to let guys shoot wide open threes, yeah, they're probably going to get back into that game. But to me, I don't know, man. It's an effort thing. It's a motor thing. I mean, we can get into the nitty gritty of, man, they need to make more adjustments when it comes to their perimeter defense and the rotation. And maybe you sit Boswell on the bench and you you put Bradley in the starting lineup. But again, I think it really comes down to effort. And when this team is locked in, they're locked in. And somebody like Love is, you know, totally indicative of that. And I think it's good and bad at times because it's good when you have a game like tonight where Love goes off and has 36 points. But the bad part of the way he plays and the type of player he is at times is I think these other guys from a guard standpoint, look at him and at times they try to be like him, right? They, they rush their shots or vice versa. They sit back on the perimeter and don't want anything to do with the ball and let Caleb love do everything. And I just think that inconsistency has been there offensively. This team just needs to remember, right? Move the ball, keep things moving and lock in on the defensive end, because when they do those two things, they're fine. They're one of the best teams in all of college basketball. But if one of those two things is not occurring, man, they could lose to a really bad team. As you've seen Adam Parker, I'm going to differ with you a little bit here and I'm probably wrong, but the uh, I didn't like the effort in those games. I didn't like the effort at all against Stanford, especially against Washington State. I didn't like the effort. And quite frankly, I didn't like the effort against Oregon State. When you're leaving white guys open for three, a lot of times they're going to make them. Don't do it. It's not just white guys, obviously. But if you leave guys open for easy shots, a lot of times they're going to make them. These were a lot of easy shots that these guys were making. William Brad Ellis, what say you? You know, I am less concerned about the Washington State game because I think Washington State's okay. They're good. They're I don't think they're making the tournament, but they're kind of in that loose conversation for it. Um, the other two teams are just bad basketball teams. Um, and I can live with it once a year because even under loot, there were a lot of times they were down four to Washington state at the half and needed that run and to even get the 12 right. point win. But this is now two bad basketball teams. Right. Um, one of who torched you. And let, I'm going to include the UCLA game. They should have yeah. lost UCLA. They should have yeah. lost that game. And UCLA is not a good basketball team. Washington State's not bad, and and still needed to shoot really high percentage to, to beat Arizona. 
But Oregon State's a bad basketball team. And I know they beat ASU today or they're beating ASU. Hey guys, keep the ASU scores coming, though, by the way. We're relying on you for out or we're relying on you. Oregon State's not good. Stanford's, I don't know. I know Stanford's record's not worse. They, they, they're probably worse. And so those are two games you can't lose. Um, one of them, yeah, I can live with. Because, again, we've we've seen Arizona lose one game in conference and lose to a 500 USC or a 500 Stanford before on the road. It happens. So, so, you know, most of you who are in this chat probably weren't born then, but believe me, it happened. Um, but having two of those losses and maybe should, should have lost another one. And, and, but I don't think it's necessarily playing down to the competition. It's something new because early in the season, they rolled bad. How much is it about energy? I think Noah makes an interesting point. How much is it just about energy and coming out focused? Because these, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I think so. I think it's energy. I think it's focus. I think it's might be a bit of a a cocky. We can go through the motions and still get this win. Um, You know, the season's a grind. But if these guys want to be pros, there's no league in the world I don't care if you're playing in Latvia, Lithuania, uh, Latavaria, for those of you who read Marvel Comics. What is Latavaria? Is this a new country? Doom's domain in the Fantastic Four. Come on, Mike. You got to be more of a nerd. Um, But you're not playing a 30-game season. You're playing 40, 50, 70, 80 games. So if these guys want to be pros, they're going to be nights. They're going to be grinds. You know, if you're playing in Greece, they're going to be throwing hot coins at you. Uh, They're going to be burning flares in there. I mean... John, keep the updates 3, coming. 3,000 people in Corvallis is nothing compared to some of these Euro League. Um, but that's it. You just have to figure out how to battle past the wall. And again, uh, you don't have to study when you're playing in in uh, you know Wakanda or whatever. But you do have to uh, get through these tough times and figure out you know all these other obligations you have to your sponsors. All right, let's talk about Mount Crevis. I've been calling for this for a while. I think, again, I'm not asking for Mount Crevis to play 45 minutes a game, although he can't. Um, I'm not asking him to play even 38 minutes a game. But I am saying I would like to see him in there more often. I get it. I know there's times where he looks a little bit overwhelmed. Get all of that. Understand. But he's just got, and again, Umar Ballo, leader of men, had a good game. But um, I feel that there, there's, Crevis has another level to him that Ballo, I just don't believe, is ever going to be able to reach. Um, I would like to see more Crevis. Ben One White, you disagree. Why? No. Well, you know what Ballo is at this point, right? And I think with Crevis, every time he goes out there, um, obviously the foul trouble, I think, is the big thing, right? That keeps him from staying out there more consistently, if he can tweak that. But outside of that, man, when you're as big as him and you've got the ability to to really present your length in a way that I think Ballo doesn't, um, it's only going to help you down the line. And I think from a physicality standpoint, he's going to get stronger. He's obviously going to get more minutes. And yeah, like we've, we've talked about this with Ballo. There's just too many reoccurring games or matchups where he just is, is completely ineffective in the sense that the other big is clearly better, but at the same time, you worry about him even hanging out there. And uh, Jacobson said something really stupid when it comes to slowing Which down time? Dante, how Arizona should double team Dante. That that was never going to happen, and that should have never happened. But you still need to be a little bit respectable. And I think when Crevis went in there, right, he, he really got frustrated in the sense that Crevis was willing to stay in front of him. If it meant taking a foul, that was okay. Um, but at the same time, Time, somebody like Ballo, he's limited, and you know clearly at this point he kind of is what he is. And I think that's what's concerning, right? When you look at just 
the holes this team has shown over the last few weeks when it comes to March, when it comes to winning a championship and going far in the tournament. I've yet to see a team, right, that has done really well, have holes at your starting point guard position and your starting center position. And I think it's a little bit concerning with somebody like him. He can be effective at time. Ballo, Ballo had 10 points. Granted, most of that came there in the second half. But, you know, I'll be honest. I mean, he only played 20 minutes. I thought he was pretty ineffective today. And I thought Krebus stepped up. He didn't have much from a scoring perspective. He had five points. But I thought when he was out there, despite the fouls, he looked a little bit more in place. And I think that's the best way of putting it. Ballo just looks too out of place too much, Mike. All right, Tad, interesting point. Yes, he does look out of place. Um, sorry, I was looking at something on Twitter. Very fascinating, by the way. Um, can Love run the point? I don't really want him love running the point because that takes away from what he had, respectfully, that takes away from what he does. He was he was born to put the ball in the basket. He was like me when I was growing up. Nobody was looking to put Mike Luke at point guard. They were looking to put me at the shooting guard position to be able to make shots. Caleb Love plays much the same way as a young Mike Luke. Um, joking aside, Brad, you want Caleb Love, you want Caleb Love focused on scoring because he's the only guy on the team that consistently one-on-one can get his yeah and unfortunately if you put him at the point guard position that becomes that black hole point guard position that i'm not a big fan of i i think going back to the previous point i think i am at the point now where i look at center and point guard i don't look at the players i look at the position and to me you have to get respectable play from balo krivas and Johnson when he slides over to the five. And I need, you know, depending on the game, I need, you know, and I need. So today I think overall the center position was effective because um, Dante did not dominate. I think, what do you have, 18, 19, and five? That wasn't 27 and 12, uh, which he, what did he do that last year two years ago? Um, the point guard position, I'm now ready to say it's some combination of uh, it's, it's Bradley, it's Boswell. And occasionally I feel like Pella's getting a few minutes here or there running the offense today. It was an efficient position. Um, it was not last game. Neither was the center position. Although last game was really perimeter defense. So I think there are going to be games. I hope this is it going forward. There are going to be games where Boswell plays 35 minutes. And I'm hoping there's some games where he's playing 18 because they just feel they're better off with Bradley out there. Um, I feel right now, I still feel more confident with Bradley um, overall as that floor general type um, and even letting Boswell play off the ball. So that's kind of where I'm at. Again, I, I don't think Bala was great by any I think he played well enough because he and Crevis, and again, a little bit Johnson, kept Dante and, and Biddle from dominating this basketball game. They were good, but those two were not great. They, weren't, they couldn't be difference makers. Ben, do you use the Desert Financial Credit Union? Of course. All right. That's how cool it is. Ben White, Ben One White lives in California, and he is aware of the Desert Financial Credit Union. Uh, William Brad Alice, do you use the Desert Financial Credit Union? If you don't, why? Uh, honestly, there's not one close to the house. They were awesome. All right. Wish they Here. were. Here it is. The Desert Financial Credit Union. When you open a free checking account online, get $200 in bonuses. Again, $200. Be $200 richer, my friends. Get started by visiting two, uh, $200. By visiting desertfinancial.com slash 200. Now, it is time for the Desert Financial Credit Union. Buy the numbers. All right. This is good. When you shoot 52% from three-point range and the other team shoots 38%, you're probably going to win. When you turn the ball over less than the other team, you're probably going to win. We need more of this. This are, these are good numbers, fellas, good numbers. 
We do. And if, if John Schuster were here, and I know it's only by one, you out-rebounded uh, Oregon by one, which is great as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, that that's this big, that's this team's thing, right? Offensively, they have the talent, they have the guard play. Um, but when they're locked in on, on both ends from a shooting perspective, pretty hard to lose to teams when you're shooting 53% from three there, Mike Luke. Yeah. William Brad Alice, you disagree. I don't disagree at all. No, I think, uh, you know, I think if we had another number up there, my guess is points off turnovers, even though the turnovers weren't that disparaging, it felt like every time Arizona turned it over, um, Oregon really couldn't convert. And it's funny now, if you look at our screen, it looks like your sign is illuminating my face, even though it's the ESPN UCLA game with the bright blue sky they're showing in California. But um, yeah, I think that, that that was a key, that Arizona really made things happen off those turnovers and didn't get really bit um, off of their turnovers. And 10 is a good number regardless. But um, yeah, I think that was some, a key to Arizona is just being efficient on defense and turning that into offense. All right. I've had a number of people tell me about Ephesians prize sock. We're going over to football really quickly because again, we are a football school as well. Now, in case you didn't know, we are a football school. Ben white leaves the state of Arizona and Arizona becomes a football school. Ben white, stay out of Arizona. We do not want you here. I will take all the credit in the world as you should. Here's what Ephesians prize sock did. I have no problem, and i got to be clear here, I have no problem whatsoever with a kid going wherever they want. I think the transfer portal should be open. I believe that a kid should have unlimited transfers. I have no problem with it. If he wants to go to Washington, I think it's crummy, but whatever. I don't care. But this putz was trying to sell his Arizona jersey to unsuspecting Arizona fans literally within the last, I don't know, until he announced. That's a crummy move. It's a, uh, there's no reason for it whatsoever. And honestly, he's getting skewered on Twitter. Not that he probably cares, but he should be because it was a crappy move. You don't, uh, listen, you go wherever you want. Don't try to sell your Jersey to an unsuspecting fan base and then head on, uh, then head on over to Washington. Ben, the move sucked. Yeah. And if you go back and look at his Twitter, um, I believe that that whole thread about buy my Jersey is, is now gone. So funny how that happens in the last, what hour and a half there, Mike Luke, after it's, uh, called out, but yeah, yeah. look, Brad, I stuff under- like that is just, uh, that's just a tool move to quote Tony Clifton just is, you know, if, if you bought a price stock Jersey, can you basically tell the NIL people uh, send it to Sicario? Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if Davis is staying or not. And I hope he does. And honestly, Things I hope we're Dwayne... very, very good in this direction. And, that's very, very and I hope, I hope Dwayne Aquina sends him and he ends up being the first rounder out of the two. And I think it is ironic that um, I find myself very happy for the first time ever that Oregon landed a player, but Oregon landed that stud cornerback from, from Washington today. Yes. Uh, is it Muhammad, uh, the guy who basically won the sugar bowl for them. Right. So I find it ironic that, yeah, they had and price. Ox is a really good player. I mean, he's he really good. I wish he stayed at Arizona. Well, yeah, that was kind of a... It was a crappy move. It was a crappy move. Or else he just didn't sell enough jerseys, and that's why he transferred. But um, either way, yeah, it doesn't look good. So if Takario My man out stayed, here is asking for more uh, than an NFL jersey, like 130 bucks. Are you yeah, kidding? Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, um, and you know, listen, at the end of the day, I put this out there when I saw him tweet this. I knew that he was going to Washington <laughs> every now and then I know of something, but I knew he was going to Washington. If I knew he was going to Washington, he knew that he was going to Washington. Don't try to fool over a fan base, dude. That sucks. Yeah, it's a, it's a shady move. Yeah, all right. Meanwhile, buy a Tyler Loop jersey because he really wants to, he wanted to stay and, you know. He, buy any had, jersey of anybody that wants to He's advertising. 
but maybe buy a customized Tyler Alice jersey and uh, and invest in the future, William Brad Alice. You know, the Flowing Wells Booster Club does sell those, so if you want one, you can get one. <laughs> you know how to get a hold of Brad? At WSR Brad on Twitter. He can Even have... better. Why don't you sponsor Flowing Wells Little League? Right. Um. Yes, exactly. Flowing Wells Little League, either way. All right, now, let's get back to some Arizona basketball here. Good stuff. B-Cat, by the way, it was a pleasure meeting you today, my friend B-Cat. Um, all right, now, uh, Arizona going forward. Um, right, it, it, You're right back in it. This was the game you needed. You couldn't lose this game because if you had lost this game, then you're two games behind Oregon with the, uh, uh, excuse me, with um, uh, Oregon having the tiebreaker. You got to have won this game. I gotta have won this game. Either way, we make up language around here. This is the game you got. You're right back in it. You're right back in a tie for first place. We need this. You need it, and you've got what Cal and Stanford next week, and you better beat them by thirty. I right. mean, respectively, you, you saw what happened at Stanford New Year's Eve. My God, what a what a game that was! And just you, you got to dominate every single game, right? And I think it's one of those things where you'll have a gauge early, and this team does a really good job of setting the tone. But after that five minute mark, you kind of see what they're about, and I just hope that there is memory of what has taken place over the last four weeks. And I hope it carries over Cal. You got Stanford at Utah and Colorado. That road trip is always tough, but those are also games you should win as well. I mean, you look at the schedule and you look at the way things are shaking out um, from a seating perspective, you're probably still what a, a two seed in the, in the West. So you got to keep that in mind because the last thing you really want when you look at, what Arizona has left to do here in the regular season. The last thing you really want is to have to go in the Pac-12, go into the Pac-12 tournament, and it has to mean something in the sense that you've got to come out winning that you tournament. Want to be playing now, with house money in Vegas. You don't want to be playing with house money at that point. And if Arizona's at that point where they've lost two or three more games up until March, something has gone drastically wrong, and it's not a good spot to be in. Arizona should dominate the, the Pac-12 tournament. We obviously all want to see that, but they also shouldn't be in a position where they have to win that tournament either. Yes. All right. Now I'm being asked about the hat. I'm not, I don't want it to listen. There were four days that I had to do the show without a hat. I was not excited because I thought Man, I had that's rough. Hat. It was rough. I do not want a new hat. People were saying they would send me money for a new hat. No new hat. I will, I will actually have to take a shower and comb my hair. If I lose the hat, that is what will, that will be the case. It is this hat or it, it is this hat ride or die. Okay. Now, Let's get back to a little bit of Arizona football, though. We got to talk about the coaching staff, William Brad Alice. This was talk talk about a reincarnation from uh, my childhood. Dino Babers, Dwayne Aquina, uh, Brent Brennan, who I didn't even know until like three years ago was actually on the staff at that point. Um, I I love the coaching staff. I'm all in. And honestly, people asking me about Chuck Cecil, I got to be very careful with this one because he's U of A football royalty. I appreciate everything Chuck Cecil's done. I'm fine with him as an analyst. It, the time for being a full-time coach, I believe, is uh, is gone. And you know what? That's fine. But overall, I like the coaching staff, William Brad Alice. Yeah, I think it's pretty good. I, I you know, I don't, the only guy I really don't know a whole lot about is the tight ends coach. And I've heard some people like him that he's pretty charismatic. You know what I really like is you got Babers. You've got Aquina. That's a lot of experience. Ironically enough, it's also two offensive coordinators from Arizona's past. But no, no, no. We need to be clear about it. don't scare people. Dwayne Aquina will have nothing to do with the offense. Yes, because that was knows, you know. If you that know, was you maybe know. my least favorite offensive coordinator in the Dick Toby era, and that's saying something. Man, um, this, Dwayne Aquina was essentially Iowa. 
Yeah, and that's what Tommy wanted to preserve your right to punt. If you ever interview Lamont, love it. Oh, ask him about the preserve your right to punt speech. Right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I like that. I like the you know I like the fact that you have a guy with great Polynesian ties as your defensive coordinator. I like the fact that you have a very dynamic guy who has great ties to the African-American community. Obviously, Alonzo Carter is another dynamic recruiter. Um, so it gives Arizona a lot of uh, just diversity, which I know is a bad word right now in a lot of people. But for football coaching staff, that's a good thing because kids are going to commit to people they 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 jive with. Um, you know, you've got some very young guys on the staff, like Viney, like the uh, tight ends coach. Um, you've got, again, some guys with some great ties to the – uh, California prep uh, in Carter and Oglesby. Uh, you, you know, you do have a couple other uh, uh, Polynesian coaches, both uh, the defensive line coach and one of the analysts. So you're very really tied into a lot of places. Arizona had some success with Jed Fish, and you can continue to build on that. And, uh, you know, Brennan has been able to show that he and his staff have been able to bring in guys who, you know, fly under the radar. And he sent, what, four, five, six guys pro? Um in the last few years, that's as many as Arizona and San Jose State's a glorified commuter school. Ben, you're uh, I, we're going to get some inside information from Ben One White that not a lot of people know about with Ben One White. But first, some burros. Have you ever had some burros, Brad Alice? Uh, I don't think I have. Sounds good though. Oh, it's good. It is good. It's Mexican food. Um, I know. Obviously. Hard- oh wait, you know I, thought, I have I had it. it was I have had it. You've had it. Yeah, I have up in the Phoenix area. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. This yeah, is I was true. thinking here, but no, in Phoenix. Yeah, there's one by my. I'm pretty sure there's one by my in-laws' house. Now you didn't get the fettuccine. You got the burrito. <laughs> I got a burrito, of course. All right. Let Just like you get the burgers at Del Taco. <laughs> Let Sumburros cater your next meal, big or small. Order online to find one near you by visiting Sumburros.com. Jacob Franklin likes it. Okay, now. Ben One White, I got to tell you something about this guy and some of his connections because some of you might not know. Ben One White had a pretty good idea that Rich Rod was going to be fired back in the day. And he started putting on the message boards about a guy to keep an eye on in the uh, in the coaching community, somebody with very strong West Coast ties, <laughs> Nathan, Nathaniel Hackett. Now, you might say, Nathaniel Hackett, that guy sucks. You're correct. But Ben knew that this guy was going to start getting shots in the coaching community. And you say, Mike, what does this have to do with anything? It has everything to do with everything because Ben knew that he had strong West coast ties and he was going to be very attracted to the coaching community. Ben, uh, what do you think about a staff that has strong West coast ties? I think given the way that you've built the program, right. Since fish has taken place. I mean, that kind of is your geography and that's your geography that you've been very successful with. And I'll, I'll give Brennan this too, as well. I mean, to, to turn around and, and get the caliber of, of staff in here and, and do it so quickly as well. I think when you look back to the way fish built, built his staff, I mean, there were a lot of unknowns, obviously that starts with fish, right? We all thought it was a, a crazy hire, but there were a lot of unknowns. Um, that's not the case here, especially on the coordinator side. You've got Akina, who is proven, right? You've got Babers, who is proven as well when he's in that role. Not necessarily the best head coach, but I think if there was going to be a, a smooth transition, right, given the way that everything has happened over the last couple of weeks and, and just all of this coming out of left field, you really couldn't have asked for a better way for it all to come together. And I think give it to Brennan, right? He's obviously interviewed oh, for this God. job yeah, before. Right, Alex, see you later. He had to leave. Go ahead. Sorry, Ben. Go ahead. 
We didn't Obviously, Brendan has interviewed for this job before, and you've always got to have that contingency plan or that plan in place for what if. And I think when you look at the way he's came in with what they've done so far, the guy was clearly ready if this opportunity was going to present itself because he was able to come in right away, turn around, get a good quality staff built. And I would imagine that Arizona is going to continue doing what they're doing in the sense that they'll continue to get good players. To Brad's point, the Polynesian community is huge. I think you, you have that blueprint where you built it kind of like Utah and Arizona, I think at least for the next couple of years, if things continue the way they are, there is going to be a level of consistency behind this program. And you return pretty much everybody losing price socks sucks. I get it, but everybody is back that you want back for the most part. And with the way that the big 12 is shaping up next year, uh, Arizona, as we've said over and over, has a chance to compete for a spot in the college football playoff. And when you lose your head coach and the nature of the transfer portal and the way college football is today, it's a pretty damn impressive thing to be able to say that you, you've brought in the staff you have and you've kept all these players. All right. The offense is going to be multiple for everybody out there. BBN, Big Bill Norton um, is uh, he, he is going to be back. His mother, there's not been an announcement yet, but unless his mother wants to make me look dumber than usual, which I guess could be an option. She is going to be on the show Friday as well. BBN, we will, uh, we and we will celebrate the return of BBN. But uh, Ben, we got to ask. Is, is you, she aware ask, that he he goes by Big Bill and not Bill? He goes by B, Big Bill Norton. Correct. Yes. Ben, yes, but is right. she aware of that, or is she going to find out? No, I already told her that, and she said she loves it. Uh, she Very should good. like it. Um, Very nice. Now, ben White, uh, you are you are obviously very close with the uh, Nathaniel Hackett family. Um, being that you, you know, you generally break these things. There's no chance that Nathaniel Hackett will end up at Arizona. You can, uh, can you put this down right now? I, I can put it down with, with, with great confidence that there is no chance, unfortunately. Fortunately. All right. On that note, you guys are absolutely, uh, you guys are absolutely fantastic. Um, we, uh, we very much appreciate you. Um, we got a, uh, Tony Jones, the great Tony Jones will be coming on Monday. AJ Jones, father. Um, and then obviously BBN and we're going to be working on somebody else as well, but as always very much appreciate you guys. We appreciate Ben's insider knowledge. Like I said, the, uh, the Nate Nathaniel Hackett stuff is very appreciative, but on that note, everybody out there appreciate you very, very much. Ben white, stop being a putt, start coming on the show more. We have missed you as the comments and some of the commenters have noticed Ben one white. We depend on you. You got it. All right. On that note. Appreciate it. Look at this. D Baxwell, by the way. Uh, very good. Very good. All right. On that note, though, um, what am I gonna say? All right, yeah. For Jacob Franklin, Ben White, I am merely Mike Luke. I will be back with you on Monday. John Hippensteel, thank you as well. You have been listening to the AZ Wildcats postgame. We all silly like the mayor. 